0: MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulpmx MX to help us out. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis.
1: Say my dedication, your frustration.
2: Is it up? Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Got a twofer for you today with uh, Jim Holly and Donnie Southers, a.k.a. Rodo. Interesting podcast with both of them and uh yeah thanks for listening man appreciate it fly racing of course they're excited to celebrate the 25th anniversary introduced the 2024 lineup the new look and feel signaled a pivot for fly racing a step out and a step up led by the all-new formula s helmet powered by the fly smart app fly racing continues to push the boundaries of product performance and design they want to thank the loyal dealers customers for 25 incredible years and look forward to the next 25 and beyond go to flyracing.com at flyracingusa on social media check out all of their athletes worldwide and all the exciting things that they are doing so thank you to those guys also thanks to folks at maxis tires mxsts developed by mcgrath they've now launched two more tires soft intermediate intermediate to hard terrain tires they got a paddle tire now as well so maxis has a complete offering of uh, moto tires now for you so all conditions all brands developed by jeremy mcgrath used by jeremy mcgrath used by chase kessler and maybe just maybe a top privateer kind of working on that deal now stay tuned uh, so thank you to the folks at Maxis, Maxis.com, Of course, great mountain bike tires as well. And Renthal, Red Bull KTM, Monster Energy, Kawasaki, a Factory Honda HRC, all using Renthal products, whether it's chains, sprockets, bars. Yeah, they've got you covered. Great mountain bike products as well. Of course, Renthal.com. they got a dealer inventory on their website for the USA. So that'll be really cool if you want to know what products your dealer has in stock and what you're looking for. Uh, what Ben they got, all of it. They got a bar ben chart as well. So thanks to the folks at Renthal, Renthal.com. Exciting things coming from those guys. A lock-on grip soon. So Renthal.com. We'll tell you more about Kobolinks and Motorsport.com later on in the show. But like I said, uh, first up, Jim Holly, and then uh, Donnie Southers, a.k.a. Roto. Thanks for listening. Away we go. All right, as promised, first up, uh, a friend of the show, a legend in the uh, motorcycle racing community, He's been in studio a bunch, and uh, we know him as Uncle Jim. Jim Hollywood Holly. What's up, Jim? How are you, man? Not much, man. Uh, Just uh, getting ready for the uh, holidays coming up here. uh,
1: Yeah. You know, just uh, getting older, and, you know, good friends of mine have been passing away. Rick uh, Simon, super hunky, passed away, and just, uh, Mm -hmm. man, just a bum deal to hear. You know, I I knew he was sick and everything, but, you, you know, the older you get, the more and more that people pass away, you know, and it's yeah. just a uh, sad deal, but, uh, great guy, uh, icon in the industry, you know, for uh, dirt bike magazine and everything. And, uh, I pretty much, uh, you know, owe my everything to, uh, Rick, my career, you know, he's the one that got me started in doing magazine covers. Him and Jim O'Neill were really good friends and I wrote for O'Neill and, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, we did a bunch of cover shots with You know, Tom Webb was there and Paul Clipper and uh, trying to remember all the other guys, the editors that went out with us and stuff. But we had such a great time. Uh, That was a a really neat time of my life. You know, I was real, um, you know, naive and didn't know what was going on in the motorcycle world, you know, just racing. (laughs) Didn't know the business side of things. And, uh, you know, Rick uh, gave me good guidance on that and everything. And, uh, yeah, I have a lot of memories. I'll mm-hmm. never forget the guy.
2: Interesting. Yeah. He, you know, he started the Dirt Bike magazine right in the early 70s and he got it going. And he was a big advocate for off road riding. And was he, like, when I read his columns, he, he you know, he loved doing black water. He loved doing off road stuff. Did he like and love supercross motocross racing or was, was it more off road stuff?
1: Uh, I think uh, off road because, you know, he he was actually the editor of uh Dirt Bike. Roland Hines actually started yep. started uh, High Torque uh media. Mm-hmm. And uh Rick worked for him. But you know, Rick was a, a big uh, advocate for, you know, desert Yeah. the desert lands open and things like that, like the Black War or yep. one hundred back in Pennsylvania with the Coombs and everything. He he enjoyed that. But I mean he liked his supercross and stuff Did too and, okay. and motocross. Yep. But mostly off-road stuff, I, I think that's what he was noted for. And one funny story, we did a, a, a ride. It, it went away, and Rick wanted to do the ride, and he asked if I wanted to come along. It was the Barstow to Vegas. Okay. And... um so I said, yeah, sure, yeah, whatever, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he uh, before we got started, man, he he pulled down his pants, and I was wondering what he was doing. He had a, a, a jar of Vaseline, I think it was, and he started rubbing it all over <laughs> his ass. He goes, "You don't want to get monkey butt on this ride, Jim." <laughs> I go, "What do you mean?" Because well, we're going to be in the seat a long time, man. You you want to have it, you know, you don't yeah. want to have it chafed by the time you get to Vegas uh-huh. and whatever. So grabbed oh. a handful of Vaseline and rubbed it on my ass. You know? Oh but, shit! Uh, yeah.
2: Um, oh it's interesting. What was he like as a guy? What was he like um you know, obviously we all read him and we all knew him, uh he was a really funny guy, but uh as a boss or as an editor and as a friend, like what was he like?
1: Uh he was he was a great guy. I mean he he, he really liked helping people, mm-hmm. you know, and uh getting their careers off the ground, like I said, with mind, you know. Yeah. Um giving me the exposure on the magazine and everything. Um you know, he he loved his cigars. I don't I don't even smoke, but he he loved cigars. You know, those photos of him just wasn't a prop. He, okay, he loved yeah. his cigars. He you really know, he'd did. He'd go to his house and he would just have masses and masses of motorcycles and parts and tires and this and that. Everyone would send him that stuff, you know, because he was the editor yeah. of Dirt Bike Magazine. They wanted him to test a lot of the stuff and things like that. And uh, it, it, it's. Um, it was it was a sad story. One afternoon, I was over there. It was at night, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, he had a dog named Tripod. Tripod okay. only had three legs. Uh-huh. And, you know, Tripod got out, and I backed up, and I ran over the dog, and I uh, killed the dog. Oh. And I felt so bad, man. Oh <laughs> like, man! And, and Rick was just, ah, don't worry about it. He was an older dog, anyhow. He was on his last leg, anyhow. He only had three. You know, he he would you know, joke like that. But, you know, I'm a 16, 17-year-old kid, man. I felt yeah. bad that I ran over a tripod, you know.
2: but uh, Holy shit. Wow. Jeez, yeah,
1: yeah. Jim. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I know. I felt it was dark, you know, yeah. where he lived at. He didn't, have, you know, nowadays everyone's got LED lights and yeah. everything's lit up around their home. I mean, it was pitch black and the dog had gotten out. I didn't know the dog had gotten out, you know, and oh. I just, you know, backed up and, and ran him over. I, 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 yeah, it was just, yeah, it was a horrible deal, but Rick, you know, I yeah. mean, some people would have, you know, what the hell are you doing, man? You killed my dog, you know, yeah. but it, it wasn't like that. He would, you know, he knew it, it, it happened. The dog was out, and I don't know, I think one of his kids or whatever left the dog out or something, yeah. but uh, anyhow, that was... Couple stories, and then you know he always he always would come up with crazy things for me to do uh, for Dirt Bike Magazine. Yes, yeah, so I was going to um, ask you, know. you.
2: I was going to ask you, you. You know, you're infamous for jumping a Goldwing, jumping uh, uh over Chips, over the guy from Chips, uh, jumping a bike with no gas tank. You're infamous for these photos. And well, no, the done. the gas tank oh. jumping a bike
1: that was Magoo. That was Magoo. Magoo okay. That one.
2: Oh. Yeah, man, Magoo, he, he was uh, up for the
1: challenge. But it wasn't a Goldwing; It was a full dresser Harley Davidson. And I, I pulled up to Rick's house, you know, to do a test. And he says, yeah, we're going to jump this thing today. <laughs> I go, w- we're going to do what? He says, yeah, we're, we're going to jump this Harley today. I go, oh, okay, I I guess, yeah, I go, but this thing's going to be broken, you know, Rick, he he goes, oh, they know, Harley don't care about Mm -hmm. it, it was probably a pre-production bike or whatever, they were going to crush it anyhow or something, you know, and uh, so um, we went out, and uh, by his house, they were grading, um, you know, house pads, so Mm -hmm. it's flat, and then it goes up, about four feet at a nice 45-degree angle, and that lands up to the next house on a flat yeah. angle and, you know, keep yep. going out. So he got all the, you know, I think Webb and Paul Clipper and all the guys got all their cameras out and stuff. And, uh, you know, that's when they shot film, you know. Yep. So they didn't know really what we got. So uh-huh. you got to keep shooting a lot of stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, so after the first a couple – the saddlebag started popping off and this and that. And and, uh, they were just, you know, they loved it, man. They just kept taping stuff back on and this and that. I think after about, uh, I don't know, it might have been 12 or 15, you know, takes that the the bike had had enough. I said, Rick, this thing's going to break in half, and I'm going to end up getting hurt. He goes, no, I think we got it. And then I think he – he put a spoof in on supercross where I was jumping triples yeah. in a magazine or something like that, you know, yeah. and, uh, this and that. But he was, he was noted for that kind of stuff, just, uh, having me try different stuff, yeah. you know, and he, he was amazed at, you know, stuff when I, you know, I mean, nowadays it's the freestyle guys, look what they do, but back then to get a motorcycle completely flat and mm-hmm. vertical. You know, and bringing it back around. You know, he he was uh, impressed with that kind of stuff. But he was a good rider. You know, three V was his number. You know, he always had three V on his uh, number. Yeah. I never asked him what the V was for. <laughs> you know, it was for victory or something. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. But but just a, a a great human being and a great rider and everything. And you know, he moved to Mexico. Him and Arlene. They moved down there a a while ago. I think he lived down there uh, for about 10 years. He just got fed up with everything in California. He says, look, I'm out. And uh, he went down to Mexico and was living down there. And then him and Arlene got a divorce, and she married a a Spanish guy, and he married a Spanish lady and all that. And then his last uh, days, you know, he was up in uh, Arizona. He moved back to the States, you know, to – be up here in Arizona but yeah you know, I, I ran into him every once in a while he'd come up to San Diego Supercross or something you know from Mexico and say hi and catch up about good old times oh. and stuff
2: oh that's good so you had seen him recently like in the last you know five years, well, or, 10 years or something. Yeah, yeah
1: yeah probably five years ago yeah. was the last time I saw him or whatever I hadn't talked to him in a while I just knew that he was you know yeah. kind of in bad shape through Jim O'Neill and you know you, you don't want to bother somebody like that you know they yeah. they're, they're, they're kind of you know doing their own thing and you know just trying to you know deal with the doctors and stuff right but, so one uh, of the
2: one yeah. of the yeah one of the things I I kind of heard through the grapevine and then I did a podcast with Rick a long time ago that I put back up on our feed uh, I probably did the podcast 10 years ago with him um, he was a very principled sort of stubborn guy for his feelings and thoughts on stuff and he rubbed you know, some people the wrong way and it's ultimately cost him his job at dirt bike as well. Um, did you get a sense of that? Like a little bit like, Hey, this yeah, is what I believe yeah. in. Yeah.
1: I mean, well, he, yeah, I mean, he had his, he had his, uh, vision and he had his thoughts and he had the way things were, but you know, on that same side, uh, you know, Dick Miller uh, uh, was the editor mm-hmm. at uh, Motocross Action, and, you know, he left too, you know, because Roland Hines, uh, I, I i never worked for Roland. I mm-hmm. mean, I just did the yeah. magazine stuff, yeah. but I never was got a paycheck from him, yeah. but he could be really stubborn, and it's his magazine, he wanted it this way, and these guys say, no, it needs to be in this direction, mm-hmm. so... They just got, you know, fed up with things and said, look, I'm out of here, you know. uh, So uh, that's about it. But uh, matter of fact, Roland had just passed away, too. I went to his Celebration of Life. Uh, uh, Me and Jim O'Neill went there. It was probably a month ago or so Mm -hmm. now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know how it is, Steve. You you work with somebody, you get along with somebody great, everything's great you know or man we're mm-hmm. button heads we're two rams you know yeah. we just keep button heads and you can only take so
2: much of that and you just say look i'm yeah. i'm,
1: I'm out of here yeah you
2: know? yeah it seemed like he you know was still very popular very well read and then but just couldn't just dis- yeah either with roland or somebody and he just said because he told me the story in the podcast he was like yeah i'm out of here see you later yep you know yeah um, i mean
1: it would just yeah. be he will put probably i mean he probably just walked in and says I'm out, guys. Yeah. Bye. Right. No two week notice, any of that stuff. I'm just gone.
2: Was he a good rider? Know? Was he a good rider?
1: Yeah, he was yeah. a good rider for yeah. his, you know, for you know his age yeah. and his size and real good out in the desert. Yeah, you yeah. know, reading the terrain and things like that. I mean, y- yeah, he's not doing triples no. or going through the whoops or anything,
2: nothing like right. that. But uh, but he was a good rider. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you ever butt heads with him? Did you ever get no. into it?
1: No, never, 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 okay. never okay. once. Yeah. never once. Yeah, no, I just. You know, I I did what he asked, Mm -hmm. and I did it to the best of my ability, you know, like jumping the Harleys and stuff. And and he noted that, you know, he wasn't jumping the Harley, but I I did (laughs) tell him, you know, that, hey, this thing's going to bust in half, and I'm going to end up getting hurt, and I won't be able to go to the next Supercross, you know, because it's going to be a catastrophic uh, failure on the bike, and I'm going to be right on the middle of it. Those things weighed a lot of a lot of poundage back then, you know. Really? Uh, cool. Also, I jumped a BMW for him uh, at Cascade Motocross Supercrossing. We did a BMW jump, and that was more the dual-purpose bike, you know. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. was a little bit better than the full
2: dresser Harley <laughs> <laughs> it's with, so... with the running boards. Yeah, so he he's the reason you, you, you got started a dirt bike. I didn't really know. Abs- yeah, I didn't Absolutely. know how it all came together. I did not want sure it was Wolfman Absolutely, or Clipper, yeah. but yeah, it was Rick.
1: No, no, it was yeah. uh, Rick, and uh, like I said, Tom yeah. worked for him, and yeah. Paul Clipper, and yeah. uh, I'm probably missing another guy. I'm tra- drawing a Tol- blank.
2: Tolleson, uh, uh, and then also Ron Lawson Larson, Larson later. Yeah, yeah,
1: Lawson's the editor now, yeah. but yeah, Tim Tolleson, he was there. That's Yeah, yeah, uh, um, he was there also, and but it he's, was... they're, they're all still, and Tim Tolson is still at, at yeah. uh, High Torque. You know? I, hey,
2: listen, I've been trying to talk to do a podcast with Wolfman, forever he just won't do it but yeah you know. um, yeah he's
1: kind of uh he's he's
2: kind of recluse nowadays yeah. <laughs> you
1: know i saw him at uh i saw him at uh and, and that was a good podcast he did with mike webb uh yeah. you know his brother but uh yeah. you know i saw him at roland's uh celebration of mm-hmm. life and everything and he lives like literally Five miles from my house, less than that probably. Mm. Hey man, we should get together go to dinner, but <laughs> I still haven't heard a call yet. Uh, so, but yes, yeah, uh, su-
2: Rick, Rick, Super Hunky, reason you're at Dirt Bike and the reason we have all these iconic photos of you testing motorcycles.
1: Rick. Yeah, that yeah. was, uh, like I said, Jim yeah. O'Neill ran the ads, and and him and uh, right. Super Hunky were really good friends, drink beers, Mexican food, they loved that kind of stuff, you know, and. Uh, so uh, I was the newest writer for O'Neill, and he says, "Hey, you you want to do some magazine covers for Rick?" Introduced me. I said, "Yeah, absolutely, sure." Yeah. You know, and uh, but yeah, ever you know, uh, those those were just. I, I worked for free. I yeah. didn't get paid for any magazine covers or any of that. But I just thought that it would get my name out there and help me with my racing career. People would, you know, follow me in Supercross or Outdoor Nationals. Yeah. Hey, that's Jim, man. That's the guy that did that. But yeah, there was a lot of our iconic riders that did covers. You know, Kenny mm-hmm. Zart did some where he was jumping the motorcycle and he reached over and kissed the front fender. You know, yeah. and Danny Magoo Chandler,
2: Simon's, you know, jumping Steve, the Mako sideways was, and yeah yeah
1: yeah just ton of people you know went through that magazine and rick you know helped every one of them you mm-hmm. know yeah
2: yeah it's was, it was real it was a real cool time in our sport like motorcycle sales were off the chart charts yep. um you know jody was doing good things with mxa and, yep. and i imagine they were just they were probably roland was probably making so much cash from ads and magazine sales it was a, a unique time in our world for for racing yeah
1: Yeah, Yeah. no, it was it was an interesting time. I mean, uh, way different than nowadays. Nowadays, everything's digital. You Mm -hmm. shoot a couple photos, you can look at it and say, "Oh yeah, I can tune it up with a computer." This that. Well, back then there was no (laughs) tuning up the photo. You got what (laughs) you got on film, and you picked the best one, and that's the one that went to print.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was good. Good to um, good to do a podcast with him. I was really excited to get a hold of him. He was a really nice guy, and you know, I grew up on him. Right, I'm younger than, than than you and younger than him, and. You know, these are icons in Moto Media, which I am in now. You know what I mean? So I really appreciate right. these guys. Like, that's for me. You, right. th- you think of Jody, you think, I mean, Jody's got his stuff, but you think of Jody, you think of Rick, you think of Webb. You know, these guys are, yeah, they were there, man. They were there throughout the boom, you know? So, uh, and they did yeah, good work. No, all
1: so. of them, Tim, Tim Tolson, all, yeah. all of them, you know, they were all there and they all were in a unique time. Like I said, when I would go to Rick's house, I mean, he, I'm not lying. He probably had 40 motorcycles in his garage. <laughs> you know, just everybody testing different. And he said, "Hey, Jim, do you need to borrow a motorcycle. You know, do you need to you need to train or anything to see." You know, I was on a limited budget yeah. in the beginning of my career or whatever. So he goes, "Hey, we got this Yamaha. You're more than welcome to go hammer some motos on." So he he, yeah. he was like, "Hey, you need some tires, man. You need some uh, really
2: Dunlop yeah, yeah, tires.
1: Yeah. I got that. You know, take take a few of these, man. They just sent them to me by the <laughs> truckloads, you know, and stuff." So. You need any other gear or anything? Well, right. Oh no, that's right. O'Neill's yeah. got you covered. But that he 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 always used to say, if he if he don't give you a jersey or an extra pant, I got plenty of extra O'Neill stuff all over here. Okay, yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> he, he was that kind of guy, you right? Know, just uh, as a kid, you walk in and you go to his uh, garage and you're just in awe. And, and same at Tom Webb's house and and stuff. Yeah. You know, I I go over to Tom's house and. You know, next time you see Tom or what, you can ask him. I, I trimmed up and yards and trimmed up his Bougainvilleos, you know, because I just felt those guys, you know, did a lot for me in my career. And if yeah. I could help them out, they were busy, you know, doing stuff, and they couldn't get to their gardening. And I don't mind doing hard manual labor stuff. No. So, uh,
2: no. yeah, I, w- I was more than happy to help those guys out, you know. And the guy was still your friend after you ran over his dog, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: yeah that was i feel so bad man i just yeah it was uh one of those things so yeah. anybody listening in if it's dark outside and they got dogs just make sure that the, you know rick should have been out there with me. I said, "Hey, Rick, yeah. come out here. I'll make sure your yeah. dog's sure not my way or whatever." I couldn't see tripod. Yeah, four tripod. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but well, that's what yeah. they used
2: to use on, on cameras—tripods. You know? Yeah, so
1: that's why he named this three-legged yeah. dog tripod.
2: Yeah. Uh well, good man. Thank you for sharing some memories. Uh, you were oh, definitely you knew him friend. well. You knew him. I think you probably knew him better than anybody I know. You know, like uh, you were around him that much and 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 talked to him that much. So. Um, yeah, I figured you were the first guy I thought of when I wanted to kind of talk about Rick Simon. You know? So, yeah, yeah. No,
1: like I said, I'll, I'll never forget the guy. I, I owe a lot of uh, my success
2: to him, as far as
1: not, not as far as writing, but knowledge on how mm-hmm. things work and uh, all that
2: good stuff. So, anyway, my pleasure. Awesome. Anytime. Thank you, Jimmy. Thanks for the time on the Fly right. Racing RacerX Podcast. Thanks, man. All right, take care, Mike. All right, everybody. Next up on the uh, Fly Racing RacerX Podcast. A gentleman that's uh, kind of breaking into the Moto Media game uh, the last couple of years, whether it's with Pulp Fantasy, whether it's uh, with Pulp MX, whether it's with RacerX or his own channel. Donnie Southers, a.k.a. Roto Moto. What's up, Roto?
3: How are you? Good, good. I appreciate you inviting me into Mathis Manor mm-hmm. for the, uh, the Pulp employee dinner.
2: Yeah, we had a nice employee dinner. You actually flew out from Ohio. I don't know if your location was supposed to be secret like Batman, but I just gave it away. But.
3: Yeah, no, no, no. Everybody, everybody knows I'm from Ohio. It's the middle of nothing. Yeah. People, why? Yeah. yeah, people. How did you get a job in Ohio? Great question.
2: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh. So yeah, you came out from Ohio for the pulp dinner on Friday night. E-bike ride. Yeah. Uh. You know, you got the whole experience. I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I felt like yeah. I felt like a, a rock star. Um. So yeah. No. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. I think people will get a kick out of uh sort of how you got your start in the industry a little bit and sort of maybe some observations. Um from the industry that you know you kind of get started in i i mean i've been in this you know for my whole life as a mechanic and then a media guy and sometimes you you're either jaded or you don't understand what maybe quote unquote the normal guy goes through you know to get into this industry a little bit right because i kind of just fell into it so uh, i think it'll be interesting to talk about for sure Uh, i guess a little bit of your background though for moto tell us a little bit about like growing up riding and
3: all that? Yeah, so I got my first bike. I was three. It was a JR50. I don't know why my dad went with Suzuki route, instead of mm-hmm. the Yamaha route, but um, got my first bike. I actually raced flat track. My dad's best friend was a big flat track guy. Like, yep. He was a huge, I mean, he still was up until he died a few years ago, like a pillar of the Ohio flat track scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and did a little bit of hair scrambles, did that kind of thing, and we took the flat track pretty serious. Um, I raced amateur nationals a few years. I got fifth on the 60s my last year. Um, And then just kind of had, like, you know, fallout, I guess, parental Uh fallout. (laughs) And then, like, my racing path just kind of subsided. And then um, I actually had a four-wheeler for a minute, so I wasn't really. Oh, like, why get? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. You know, because that was what my stepdad was into. So, like, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's better than nothing. And then I didn't really ride um, for quite a while there. and Uh then. Really started getting really back into it, like 2015, 2016. Okay. Yeah.
2: Uh, and then, so you never really raced moto? No, no. Yeah. I
3: raced one moto race when I was like maybe seven. Okay. And I don't really remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember it's like lining up and stuff. But So
2: did you go to Troy Ohio? Uh, Troy Ohio would have been done by then. Did you go to Supercrosses as a fan? Yeah, yeah. yeah we
3: went to a couple of Supercrosses. Um, I don't remember where, but I know yeah. Indy, obviously, because yeah. it's, it's been there forever. And I want to say Pontiac in the 90s.
2: Okay, yeah. So so you you kind of got gravitated Towards Supercross and Motocross, just because I mean it's the flashy one, right? Yeah, Compared yeah. To a flat track and everything else that you are doing.
3: Yeah, and then like my dad didn't have cable, so when I would go over to his house, I just had Cycle News. Like, so I just read every Cycle News over yeah. and over again, like yeah. for everything. So oh, I got cool. versed up on the old stuff. So
2: until you started doing something, when uh, we'll get into it, with fantasy, were you elevate? Were you finding yourself like more and more attracted to the races and the and the sport and everything else? Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like at some point, you would have been like hey, I really like Supercross and Motocross. I'm gonna watch them all.
3: Yeah, yeah. So like, obviously, I watched them a lot when I when I when I was a kid yeah. and action sports were big, and then had that kind of lull. But it was just a pact I kind of made with my friend. You know, he had kids. We don't live in the same town anymore, and yeah. we were just like, let's get together and watch races. We used to watch the races when we were kids. Yeah, like okay. So then we started doing that. And then we ended up running um, our own fantasy league with some friends where we drafted guys just, you know, like yeah. fantasy football style. So that made me care even more. And then it was to the point where that's kind of where then when you birthed Pulp Fantasy, yeah. I was like, yes, like okay. something yeah, to get on to. Something into it, yeah. Yeah. And then the more time that that went or we got into that, the other one kind of waned. And then I was just trying to convince a friend uh-huh. to jump on. I was like, the Pulp thing's really cool. And he was like, was there a video? Is there a video I can just watch yeah. how to do it? And I get on YouTube and I'm like, yeah, dude, Pulp Max how to play and there was not. Yeah. And I was like He was like, "Oh, well, I guess you should make the video." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? I will. I'll make one. Why not?" So yeah, you, you the first time you kind of came on my
2: radar was, yeah, for Pulp Max Fantasy, you made a video about how to play. We have instructions on how to play, but we never I never no nobody ever thought about a video on our side and no one ever thought it would be necessary, which is funny because you know everything's on video now right yeah, like it's yeah. all it's funny how none of us thought of that and then, so you did it and i think uh dan truman watched it and was like yeah it's really good like it's a good job like yeah. it explains our game
3: <laughs> yeah and it was crazy because obviously i went from a pure fan for yeah. a1 and then round two was st louis that year for whatever reason and i just get a text from dan in the morning i was like hey are you at the race and i was like yeah and he was like come uh come find me and I was like, okay, cool. Like we How did you go. get a text from Dan? How did you get his number? Or he oh, he, was he was Twitter or Instagram. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then we went. Really, like, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. I didn't yeah. think anything of it. And we went and did a museum and stuff. Kind of showed up to race day late. Yeah. And then he, I was like, hey, we're here, whatever. And he was like, I'm at the Chad Reed rig. Just come over. Yeah. And I was like, just come over and say like, who's yeah. Dan Truman here? And I did, and they were like, yeah, do you want – or I think it was Weige or it was you, actually. that was like, yeah, Dan's in there. Do you want me to go get him? And yeah. I'm just like, I'm some asshole. I'm just some nobody. But
2: I think – okay, so I think I met you, though, at one of our live shows the year before all of this? No, or, so we, tec- oh, okay.
3: we technically met there, but it was very brief because okay. it was just like, yeah, Dan's in here. I don't even know if you knew who I was or anything at that okay. point. And then no no never mind you're right the live show was bef- was at St Louis yeah that's right so we met the live show the night before yeah okay you're right so you, you must right. have
2: said hey I'm that roto guy that yeah pulp yep I made something. the videos yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. okay yep. got it and that was it oh wow so what was your before getting into it what was your moto media consumption
3: um I read I read a lot yeah I didn't do as many podcasts as I would have liked I, I it was the pulp show we, I would listen to yeah. And then I read like racer X, uh, trans world back in the day. Like I would just kind of refresh and read all the articles in my morning and then, okay. That's how you followed
2: the sport. You're like, yeah, Yeah. yeah, Yeah, I was kind of old school, still, still read a lot. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, you, you got, did you gravitate towards YouTube for moto stuff before you started doing anything?
3: On YouTube? So I've always liked creating content. I've always liked creating stuff like I was making, you know, MySpace layouts on Photoshop back in the okay. day and then Illustrator for a t shirt shop. So I've always kinda had that inkling yeah. of making. Yep. So with that being said, like yeah, I see a lot of YouTube and I and I would be like, Why isn't anything in Motocross doing this? Like I'd see cool ideas, but then I'm like, yeah. we need that. We need stuff like that um okay. so yeah i always watched it on youtube but like yeah in a condescending way <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: so then you got so yeah so you helped us fall fantasy we kind of uh yeah you did cheat sheets for us you did you, you know you got on the payroll a little bit with yeah. us uh yeah you were really on your way a little bit and it was kind of a fantasy thing and for us on the fantasy side we're like well we don't know this guy but he does good work and he's you know he's helping people like you know he's helping people get into the game yeah. so In a sense, it was all positive. You know what I mean? As far as that goes, like you were like, we were all too busy to do what you were doing and do cheat sheets after qualifying and all that. So it made sense for us to
3: throw you a little bit of money and then, you know, and get you to do that. Yeah. Because that's one thing that I remember from ESPN, just fantasy and stuff is like, you know, they made it easy to use. They were the first ones that made it easy where it would tell you projections and stuff. So when you're picking your lineup, if you didn't get to pay attention, you can be, oh, yeah, these guys look good, whatever. Yeah. right Right before lockout. Yeah. So, yeah, I was like, always wanted to make it easy for the average person because it's intimidating fantasy is intimidating
2: yeah especially our game it's not just like a rocky mountain game right you got to really know these guys although there's not a lot of correlation between qualifying time and how they're going to score no very (laughs) little very little yeah yeah but at least it gives you you know uh, it gives you something yes yeah Yeah. if you want to know who's flying today it's this guy yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. exactly right uh so interesting so yeah so you got into a little bit uh what was your real job at this time
3: uh, so I had owned a – some. if you've seen some people on Twitter or whatever reply, a couple of them call me stickers because that's what I did beforehand. I had my own business. We uh-huh. went to car shows. You think of a you know rusty Honda Civic with stickers all over the back, those, like the yeah.
2: stupid – Like Calvin pissing on a Honda or Calvin pissing yeah. on a Chevy? Worse than that. Okay. More stupid than that.
3: Yeah, like even worse than that. Okay. Um, but, and I was just kind of an accident. That was an accident like this was, I yeah. just like, you know, was making a run of something. Somebody liked it. And I ordered it a, a couple of times before I was like, yo, I think I can make this. I could buy the machine and make yeah. it make it cheaper than what I'm paying other people. Yeah. And then it just like accidentally turned into a full-time deal.
2: Yeah, so at some point you told me one of your rooms was just completely the sticker room, Yeah. Just the yeah, machine yeah. and everything. Yeah, right? like
3: yeah. we moved our bedroom into the smallest room of the house cuz that room had, you know, we had a wall full of shirts that we would keep stocked yeah. and, you know, like equipment all over the place. Yeah. And, and you're
2: going to call sh- car shows and
3: Yeah, and yeah, taking type. canopies yeah. and packing up thousands of decals and bins and everything. Jeez. Yeah. What was done? That
2: doesn't sound. That sounds like a lot of work. It was. It yeah. was,
3: and it sucked because, like a lot of things, I'm sure you you had it in your thing where people see me all day just with cash, 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 and they're like, "Oh man, this seems really great." And I'm like, "Dude, you don't know. Like, <laughs> I've been cutting for 200 hours leading up to this just to have this much product." Yeah, you know. Yeah, so sell, right, yeah, right. So. so,
2: you're so we we hired you a little bit for Faultless Fantasy, yep. doing a good job on that, and then uh, I got you involved. I don't even know. Did I so at some point you took over the Pulp Mech show Instagram account for posting clips from the show?
3: Right. Yeah, right? that was yeah, two years ago, October, I want to say. Okay. It was September, October. And I remember the first big one was the Stew episode. Okay. That was like right around that time was yeah. when he came on. Right. Yeah. And that was where I was gonna like let's make let's start doing thumbnails for the YouTube videos yeah. and because yeah, Marks was that. doing it.
2: Travis Marks was doing it. Mm-hmm. He was doing a good job of it, but he was it's just another thing that he was too busy to really keep on talking about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I was like, hey, like started hearing um you know we had been on youtube already for a few years but i started you know people people like you know because nowadays no one's going to watch the whole pulp show on youtube or very few people right people like clips they like it uh, easy to digest they want it easy to watch all of that shit and so i was like well we got to get more smaller clips on youtube and marks is too busy so this guy seems like he makes youtube videos
3: Yeah. yeah yeah meaning you yeah, yeah. And, I, and that's something that people have always complimented me on about being like, this was short. It was to the point, you know, like get rid of yeah. all the fluff. It's yeah. hard as, as an artist or anything of like trying to be like, ah, we don't need this. We don't yeah. need this. Like, and cutting it right. down.
2: But at some point, still doing the stickers for the cars. Yeah. Still doing fantasy. You started your own YouTube channel. Yeah. So, so just sort of do like, I don't even know if it's hot takey stuff, but information. Sure. Uh, um, Injury updates, uh, team updates, that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So obviously I was doing the fantasy videos there. And then when we started doing fantasy together, I moved them over to the main channel. And then I was like, well, what am I going to do with this? I already made it. It's got subscribers, whatever. And that's when I was kind of just being like, you know, I don't know. I think what has helped me in this is like you touched on earlier as you've been in the industry forever Mm -hmm. is coming in. I had that immediate perspective of like, I'm still a fan. What would I want as a fan? And that was still like, you know, fresh. So I would be like, you know, why is it that there's nothing on Sunday? The yeah. race happens, and we wake up in the morning, and every other sport has hours of content of like breaking down what just mm-hmm. happened, but we don't because everybody's flying, and yeah, it is what it is. But I was at home, not going to the races very much, and whatever. And I'm like, I could have that video up by noon, and so I just was like, can I do that? Can I make it work? And yeah. and it did, like, and it took off. And, and how many
2: subscribers did you get, or do you have?
3: Uh, I have a little short of twenty k.
2: Yeah. So for a fan from ohio to build up 20k yeah it's pretty impressive yeah like it's not
3: yeah it's and it's 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 just wild to see you know that anybody cares or trusts me or whatever like you know what i mean like what's my credibility like yeah but right but it's been fun
2: yeah yeah along the way i mean we'll we'll talk about in a second but not everybody's super stoked yeah <laughs> it's hard to do that right like yeah and we'll get into that but so you're doing your own channel yeah and then o'neill comes on board at some point right like just yeah. sort of organically
3: yeah um, um that was weird because i just got a dm on instagram from the o'neill page yeah it was just like hey i'm so and so right i want to talk yeah
2: D- did you start thinking at that point like Maybe I can start doing this more. Yeah. 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 Because
3: that, because last year was good, you know, like in terms of there were good topics all year. This year was a little less, but we yeah. seemed like every week we had a penalty or an injury or Like it was just a yeah. good year for me to pump those yeah. out. Now I've
2: often said, and I stand by this and people who, are, who hear this may get mad, but there's no, I'm not on Facebook at all. I have an account, but I never check it and I don't check the pulp stuff. So Facebook, I don't know about, but Twitter, Instagram, um, and YouTube, and Racer X comments. That's sort of my social media barometer. Mm-hmm. YouTube is by far the worst, or
3: the harshest. Yes. Why is that? I don't know. I like, literally, I, I don't know. I think it's because nobody actually... It is actually, a wild west. Yeah, I think they nobody actually expects anybody to read the comments on YouTube. And okay. When I was growing my channel, and it was very small, and I was getting hundreds of views, I always wanted to... Read every and reply to all of them and like you know build a community from within. Yeah. That's I think that's a really important thing to do, but yeah, like now I'm like I can't even open them because yeah. they barely they rarely have anything good to say. Who are these people? I Donnie? don't know. I don't know. Who some, are these
2: people? And are they fathers and mothers uh, and like? Do they hold important jobs? Because I don't think any of them should.
3: No, it's it's honestly wild. And again, because like I deal with your guys's comments, I deal with Racer X's yeah, comments, yeah. my own. Like I yeah. see them everywhere, and I and I and I try not to read them because they yeah. just even if they're not about you, yeah. they're just it just demoralizes you. Even it's, if you're like, how are, do you actually think like that? You know,
2: like I said, do you hold an
3: important job? Are you a father? Are you someone who yeah. has like.
2: Like responsibilities in life and you're saying these things wow. on on a social media channel? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it, people, it, yeah. It's um so when did you did you get a first press pass through me or was it just through your channel?
3: Uh, technically, oh, this was this sucks so bad. I was really flattered, too. I just hit him up, which I asked you, and you said, like, you know, email Sean, or okay. I don't know who was at the time. Yeah. This was 2020, and I did, like, late. Andy was, like, this weekend. This was on Tuesday. And they yeah. were like, yeah, sure. Okay. So and you... I was like, wow, like, three yeah. months, I had no, they had no reason <laughs> to give me one. And then literally, yeah. while that same day was when it was, like, Oh, they might cancel the race. Oh, Because yeah, of COVID. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, my, it, it literally was like an incredible high to yeah. nothing. Instantly. But they must have looked
2: at your channel or whoever was in charge yeah. back then yeah. you know, or whatever. You yeah. Your channel was like, oh, this guy's talking about
3: motocross or whatever, yep. supercross, right? And then 21, I got one for Indian Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, uh, I think that was just straight through, yeah. through Roto. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
2: And then, uh, yeah, so then you start doing stuff for me. You got your own channel. You got fantasy stuff. Yeah, and a hundred percent, why again? It just poaches you because yeah. he sees what X, what you're doing you, with Pulpumex. You know it. You Once know again, how it. Once again, just is. another guy that comes through Pulp that Racer X takes. Yeah, but so Racer X contacts you. It was a part time job at first, right?
3: So I actually, I actually reached out because they were hiring a social media person, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that'd be something that I, I enjoy that side. I enjoy like the analytics yeah. and you know whatever of uh, finding good posts. Mm-hmm. So I applied for that, and um, it was kind of a lengthy process. And then they emailed me back and were like, "Hey, like, we f- we like you for this job, but we think we'd be wasting your video editing just having you do social yep. media." So they were like, "We're kind of going to craft a brand new." But yeah, it was very limited. Like, it's still not f- a full time, salaried, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like now I get to do Racer X, and then from that we spawned the Video Vault channel uh, last month, yep. and that's been my. I don't want to say sole responsibility, but yeah. pretty much like I'm doing. You know, I'm downloading, the, finding the video, editing the video, putting the thumbnail together, putting yeah. the ads in there. Like that yep. whole channel is kind yeah. of my baby now, which is cool. So do
2: you have time for your own thing anymore, or <sighs> is that kind of like because you got pulp? You got fantasy you got racer x
3: i'm burning at both ends i felt really bad this year because i have a patreon and you know the first two years i ran it i did really well with still being able to keep up and be active because mm-hmm. we have a discord and we would talk but like this year i have definitely spread myself very thin
2: so are your 20k people like oh roto sold out <laughs> Did you get a little bit of that? I did get a few people um
3: <laughs> and I and I ran into it so we we might talk about it more but I I've, I've had the biggest growing pains I've had is when you stop being a fan, when you stop being perceived as a fan yeah. and you start being perceived as a moto person. Yeah. So I've had that where people just kind of like I don't know, you can feel their changing perception of yeah. Being like, oh, look at this fan now, guy that's yeah, doing it to yeah. like all oh, this little media the, guy. Yeah, and,
2: like, oh, he used to keep it real. Yeah. And yeah. now he's just paid by the man. Yeah. Yeah. And
3: yeah. It was weird. It's just weird vibes. Meanwhile, like, I
2: say whatever I want on any show I yeah. do and nothing ever happens. No. But, yeah, but no. somehow we are part of the establishment, yeah. right? <laughs> yes.
3: I, I don't know. I don't know how yeah, it works. Right. So
2: you had a little bit of that then.
3: You yeah. Did, you yeah. Did have a bit yeah. Of that. And I was just like, whatever, man. I don't know. Like, right. we can't do this for free forever. Like, Right. Yeah. It takes a lot of time and effort and right
2: uh it is interesting to see for sure so um what's been your overall um and look you've been in press boxes with us mm-hmm. uh you've heard you've heard a lot of inside conversations you know between riders between guys like me and Wege or whatever you've been a part of a lot of uh racer x meetings where inside stuff is is talked about um but then you know you not that long ago you were a fan so what's your imp- what's your impression
3: of the media in our sport
2: like it, just i mean just let me have it
3: Both barrels such, if you can. It, yeah can, yeah can it's it. It. it's such a wild west loose program and sometimes i look at this castle built on literally toothpicks like a foundation of toothpicks <laughs> where it's you it's so big and then when you get in and start looking around you're like this is yeah how did this how did it get this big like yeah. it was like not yeah. like luck but right. you know like it was not built the same way you would think where it's like structurally uh, good and it gets big from there yeah,
2: I always laugh because people think of the MX Sports and the Racer X and, like, big, massive uh, um, uh, collusion and big, massive plans to get the right message out and get the right wording out and the Coombses. And then, and then if you're behind the scenes, it's literally just whack-a-mole because yeah. there's new problems every day, yeah. and no one is planning some elaborate conspiracy of facts no. to fool no. The public, yeah, like no. it, we're all just treading, you know, the uh, the ducks that's uh, cool on top of the water uh-huh. underneath. They're just paddling. That's what we're all doing because we we work really hard and we're a little understaffed and yeah. right and all of that.
3: And we get it. And I don't know what it's like in other sports, but yeah, we'll just get it where you know we'll be we're, we're literally like we write this story. Well, we don't know when it's breaking. How do we not know? Because the people that are breaking it don't even know. Yeah, you know, like yeah. like Prado came came over. We knew we knew that was going to happen for like a month, but. It was literally like I was on hold for three weeks of being like, Well, it might be this week. Yeah. So we might need to yeah. make a video on it right. if it right. happens. Yeah.
2: The the part that I like and I and I truthfully have railed against it on my shows. Like we are pretty unprofessional. Mm-hmm. We are like, you know, like there's a lot of lies. Just people who just lie to you, right? And they don't really have a lot of um character about that. Like if I have a team manager or a writer who doesn't want to tell me, you can just be like Hey, man, I can't tell you that, but we're still friends. Yeah. Um, you know, not a problem, but sometimes in our sport they just lie because it's, nobody has a background in media relations. Nobody has a background in PR. True. No one kind of knows how to handle things on a professional level. That's the bad. Yeah. The good is that I can text Chase Sexton <laughs> right now and get an answer to what I need. Yeah. And I can't, you know, uh, an NBA guy can't text <clears throat> LeBron James and get an answer for what he needs. No, no. There's a clear deline- delineation delineation yes between media and athletes in other real sports quote unquote yeah and in our sport no like it's it's not and that's so part of me when i rail on about some of the inconsistencies and unprofessionalism of our sport part of me also thinks well like the fact is that i can it's so unprofessional that i can make jokes with you know, team manager. Yeah. Uh, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100. Yeah. Yeah. percent
3: And I think that that comes with a double edged sword because because you have that access and that relationship. You, we all do want to keep it up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think that where that's where you know, um, me and we have had that conversation of like we can't be. As rude as say like the 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 first take guys on ESPN yeah. or whatever because they don't they don't need to talk no. to them next weekend. Bill Simmons get doesn't
2: need to be in the pits. Yeah, yeah he no. will
3: never ever need to interact with them directly, no. and we do.
2: Yeah. It's literally yeah. our job to. Well, like I feel like I'm one of the harsher media guys yeah. out there. Like I call as I see it, and I and but but guess what? I got to go in the pits and look at these people at riders meeting or track walk or walking through their tent or whatever, and whatever I have to say to them. I have to justify because that's just part of being a human, being right. So, like, there's nut jobs out there on YouTube or whatever that can just fly off the handle and make stupid conspiracies and say that this team's failing and this guy's doing this, but they don't have to go in the pits. No, and you know, um, I think that that's important. Like, that's yeah. important to be like, I have credibility. If I say something that you don't like, I'll be in the pits. Yeah, um, which we have to watch.
0: You yeah, know? like yeah. we have
2: to. But on the other hand, you call a spade a spade. too. Yeah, you know. So, so it is funny. Yeah. What you said about the, the castle being held up by, by toothpicks is a neat analogy because yeah, sometimes it is.
3: Yeah. 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 And in the series too, like, obviously it's nothing in particular, but just everything is, everything is last minute. Like some of the announcements from teams are last minute or, I mean, if I feel like people think we're joking sometimes, but like, no, we literally don't know. Yeah. We will not know who's riding east or west until Wednesday, like when everybody else does. Yeah. Like they, because they literally haven't even figured it out yet. Yeah. Some of the teams.
2: So, um, but you've also you've ran afoul of Feld a little bit. Uh, yeah. For some things you've done, Jerry Robin, not a fan. No. Um, you know, so you've you've seen the side about you know talk about what I talk about. You got to see these people yeah. in the pits. Yeah. And you got to talk to them and whatever. Like you know, Feld has not been happy with you grabbing some things off of their TV show and doing videos and. Jerry hasn't been happy about things you've made about fantasy yeah. jokes. And I'm sure I'm missing some. Yeah. But so you've, you've exper- you went from a fan in Ohio. Yeah. That had no consequences. Right. Right. And, and now I... you've been dragged into some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is that, what's that like for you? Like, how do you handle conflict?
3: It's again, that thing where, and, and this happened where I tweeted, um, I tweeted about a writer and it was actually the pulp chat that was just like, Hey, like, you know, just a reminder that we need to get jerseys from these guys for fantasy, for things. So, like, just a reminder, because you're part of the fantasy team now, and it was just one of those where, as a fan, because it was, like, my first time working with everybody, but I was like... I have transcended. That was the first time I was like, I'm not now, not just some idiot fan <laughs> that has a couple followers. Yeah. I am now somebody that, right. yeah, it does matter. And what did you tweet? Do you remember I don't even. Okay, I don't yeah, remember. Because but it like was, it was a silly, but yeah. it was it was just a a low level mockery kind okay, of tweet yeah, of me yeah. just making fun of something right. that didn't it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah. And again, that thing of I'm like, but I don't need that low hanging fruit anymore. Yeah, that that maybe I did because yeah. you're you know when you're trying to get started in any of this it's got to be engagement yeah, it's see yeah. and be seen yeah get your name out and i'm like yeah i don't need i don't think i need to hit those jokes anymore so right, right. so same with like the jerry thing it was just you know whatever it was silly things and qualifying. i mean it's things that we've said yeah yeah but yeah but, but i don't have that rapport yeah, with him yeah. and and i and i respect that that might i can see where especially if he's like who's this guy and then yes. he's never heard of me but then he looks and i work for you yeah and, racer x that's different than when i'm just some asshole on yeah. the internet yeah yeah so yeah. i and i feel bad like that was you know yeah no it was definitely a big like yeah i need to do better with that <laughs> we'll get and, there. hey
2: listen uh, we all make mistakes nobody's yeah. perfect including myself so so i get it uh but i get a sense of like yeah you're like as you this is your full-time job now yeah uh it's like hey man yeah i don't really want to be the asshole all the time
3: yeah yeah but i but i have the kind of i'm the kind of person where like i will eat it i will eat yeah, my, you know i'm yeah. like yep i said that and that was yeah. that wasn't a great take i'm not gonna delete it and <laughs> yeah, try and yeah. i'm just like i'll just just yeah you know my bad yeah yeah that was maybe but i still kind of feel that way a little bit but i probably worded it wrong yeah kind of yeah thing, yeah. yeah
2: listen i've we've all said it and we've yeah. all done it you know what i mean but yeah but again like i find it interesting that you know the people some people out there are like you know oh this dude's bought and paid for this, I, I've never had anybody, you know, Davey has called me yeah. with things that he's mad about Yeah. and I've explained my side and he still doesn't care and still mad at me. And that's fine. We, we hang up like yeah. agreeing to disagree. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But at least, uh, and I, oh, so this is actually, this leads my next topic. When you see how the sausage gets made mm-hmm. behind the scenes, mm-hmm. like we have, you realize that like, and look, I'm the first guy to criticize AMA or MX sports. Uh, but, but on the other hand, like, sometimes you realize there's no evil agenda here. No. There's no big plan. There's nobody rubbing their hands together being like, oh, I'm going to screw the riders over. Right. If you look for answers on why things are done, AMA, Davey, MX Sports, they'll tell you why. Yeah. And maybe you don't agree with it, but there is a reason and a thought. Have you found that? Like, where you're like, I mean, some things just defy expectations, like live timing and things like that. (laughs) Yeah. But like, You'll be you'll realize that there's not some big evil thing about screwing people over. Everyone's trying to do the best they can. Yeah,
3: yeah. Like, it's a business, and they all want to profit, like, and they don't do it by being conspiracy theorists. Like, yeah. they do the thing that leads to money, like we or all success. do. Or success. Success, like, yeah. which leads to money. Yeah, right. like, yeah, so, right. you know, so, like, yeah, there's some things that we can be like, I don't know why they did that or not, but, you know, they have to make yeah. decisions way faster than we get to criticize them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, I think that sometimes, again, it's easy to sit back and throw rocks and yeah. go, what, what the fuck were they thinking? But you know, if you put in a call or a text to someone and be like, hey, why'd you do this or what happened? You know, you you will find out sometimes and be yeah. like and sometimes officials and teams will be like, We blew it, man.
3: Yeah. You know? That's it. That's and, the answer is we just didn't that just wasn't good. Right, yeah. We
2: blew it. And you're just like, All right, well, cool. Like sometimes I blow my radio show, you know, or a yeah. podcast or whatever. Yeah, you know you, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. not your best work. Right. So sometimes you uh you you don't understand until you get into it, like, yeah, man, it's not some massive thing that screw over people
3: yeah and obviously i can't speak for any of the other publications but you know like day one that i got brought on you know davy was like you wear whatever you want to wear you don't have to wear any particular sponsors anything like that you yeah. want to wear your o'neill stuff cool yeah whatever just don't do anything too much all the time yeah but keep it yeah fair and he was like and yeah whatever yeah. you want to make a video about how we didn't do a good job hey davy's
2: had your back a few times yeah he yeah. really has and, and you're just a that he hired, but I think at the end of the day, Davey's trying to do his best, and yeah. he's always in- allowed people to freelance and do other work, yep. myself included. Yep. You know, um, he's always been that way because he did it that
3: way. Yeah, and when he's he, when, he, he,
2: he, when he started up,
3: he's been incredibly accommodating, and a lot of people. I'm like, look, I have nothing, yeah. nothing but nice things to say. Every concern that I've had or yeah. anything, he's like, yeah, yeah nope, you're yeah. right. Let's fix that. Let's get that done. Yeah, it's been rad. Right.
2: So, are you happy? Yeah. Yeah. Like are um, you are you good with this? Uh, is it is it uh do you want to go back to doing car shows? No.
3: No, 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 no. No. Like this is <laughs> this is the worst days of doing this yeah. are still as cool and rewarding as yeah. anything I've ever done. Right. So like yeah, no. It's
2: Do you do things on the pulp side of things mm-hmm. with the show clips on Instagram? Sometimes you've put some stuff out where I'm like, Ugh. "Yeah. Like that's not exactly the context that we were talking about or like, uh, like Stu got mad at us a little bit. Yeah. For the jet thing. Yeah. Um, and I talked to Stu about it. We're fine. But yeah. he wasn't stoked. Are there sometimes where you are like, because you're more like, you know, you're really tuned into algorithms and yeah. th- thumbnails and things that get attention and things that, you know, bring attention to the shows myself or race Rex or whatever are you sometimes like, eh, I'm not going to do that?
3: No, they're, they're definitely – it's hard to find that balance. And, again, being a, being a fan and then transitioning to – at least I know where I'm like, man, this would make an incredible clip. I know people would watch this. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you're like, but is this really – does it paint the, is that really the picture we want to paint? And I always feel bad. Cause like we have a guest on, they talk for 30 minutes yeah, and they, maybe the best three or four minutes was them being critical in something. yeah. And then it looks like you're just using that. Yeah. Is that yep. which yep. is, yep. It's,
2: and, and like I said, sometimes I've been like, oh, yeah.
3: yeah. And it's, it's definitely hard. And it's just those little things that you can't, you know, because yeah. I always try to do where I try to give every guest that comes on a segment, either it's yeah. on YouTube or Instagram. Yeah, but yeah, sometimes you're like, how do I not put that? Like, they, that's a really spicy take. They right, had, right. yeah, but
2: uh, it's I hard. don't like that part of our world. Yeah, yeah, but I do want to gain the show more viewers and listeners. It's hard. It's hard, hard
3: to be. It's hard to be like ethical in all of this because you, when you number go up is good, but you have to know where that line is yeah. of like. Yeah. You don't want to cross anybody too no, hard. No, or,
2: I will always sort of in my in my eyes, anyways. I'll side with not putting the spicy take on over yeah. just you know because yep. yeah, I just don't want to do that. You know, um, yeah. Because some of the stuff is just some of the the titles you see on some of these videos. You just like stop it. Yeah, stop
3: it. Yeah, and it sucks because just like everything, everything's a buzzword now. So like I hear clickbait so much, and I'm like, just because. Yeah the clickbait fake news is big yeah and I'm like clickbait is literally like it's a bait and switch you thought you were getting something because it wasn't as much as you thought it was going to be that's an expectation problem not really but (laughs) But yeah, it's hard, right. too, but I, I feel like I've done a lot better job of reining in where I'm like, you know, what is the pulp brand? Because now I'm managing brands like, yeah, what's the pulp brand? The racer X fan brand is obviously even more kind of conservative because mm-hmm. they're more of like in yeah. the news. Yeah. Yeah. But no. then like working on my brand, it's difficult because whether I want to or not, I reflect both of your guys' brands. Yeah. So uh,
2: Kellen, Weege, Mitch, Kendra, they're in a burning house. Who do you save? Oh God! I can only save one of I them. I can only save one yeah. of them. Yeah.
3: I mean, it's got to be Weege. He's the voice of the sport. Yeah, we so, need so, Weege.
2: So you're saving, yeah, you're saving the sport, really, right? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. I feel like it would be unfair. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, that's terrible. Um,
2: who's, who's the coolest? Uh, I don't know. I Maybe mean, that's a dumb word to say. Who's the um, most unexpected? Personality of the big guys of a rider. Of like the big guys? Like, the most guy that you're like, huh, that dude's cool, or, or like, whatever.
3: You know what sucks is I haven't met a lot of the, because I, I go to East Coast races, and by the time they come to Indian Detroit, half of them are hurt every mm-hmm. year. So, like, yeah. I actually haven't met a good number of, yeah. like, the factory guys. But I will say, even for being, you know, little little baby media and stuff, and, like, when I would do the post-race shows, uh, and we got to do them live sometimes, mm-hmm. I would say Kenny yeah, despite being that he has been in this game for so long, so many years, like he did the podium, whatever. I think this was at Nashville and they don't have to do media with us. Yeah. If they're on the podium, they do not have to do the regular media like, they, the, yeah. you know, yeah. but he always would be like, yep. And I could tell that he was kind of like he didn't really want to, yeah. you know, like yeah. he's ready to go. Yeah. But he is like, nope, I will do it. Yeah. And even at this point in his career he's still doing that every yeah. time and like,
2: i feel like he doesn't give you canned answers on those like he's good yeah like yeah. To, once you get the interview going
3: yeah he, he'll, he'll talk yeah you know yeah and he will and yep. and, and so i was just been really right. impressed by that of like it's not like anybody disrespects that's, me that's, but that's that, professionalism yeah he went he, yeah. he would always go out of his way even if he just you know that he just wants right. to go back right. to the truck like
2: uh what about privateer guys who do you find yourself really uh um, gravitating to or enjoying
3: talking to this is this is probably a little bit personal, but like Carnow, uh um, Oh, come on, he's Ohio. I, it's my what I'm saying. And him and uh and his and his buddy Tony, who yeah. like travels around as a mechanic, they're just yeah. they're just they're my people. Like yeah, I yeah. can just tell that I'm like, Oh yeah, we come <laughs> from the same culture. Okay. Uh but other than that, like uh probably Cade. Cade yeah. was and he came like it was like the first person I really ever talked to was uh yeah. when him and A Ray were with S G B and we just immediately he was like, Yeah man, cool, right, whatever, right, we're cool. Right. So that's been cool. Uh and on
2: I guess talking about A Ray reminds me of another point too. Like again, and talking about our sport, like when you get to the Islanders, like oh, A yeah. Ray and Carnow and Bubba Paulie yeah. and and, and Freddie and these Chiz, even not Chiz doesn't even count, but you see the way these guys act, yeah. live, it's <laughs> just like like there's like Ken Roxon level, and then there's
3: A Ray, yeah, and you're
2: like this. T- it's like a different sport. Yeah, it's the wild. things they have to do and struggle with. That's what I really enjoy about that.
3: Yeah, and I was actually on, on the on the Uber to the uh, to the airport to come here. The Uber drivers kept asking me a bunch of questions. I'm like, you don't under like I can't explain to you that some guys have nine to five jobs mm-hmm. and then they do this on the weekend yeah. and they're going up against supreme athletes who it, make tens of millions of dollars. Right. On the same track, like yeah, yeah. yeah. The, no, I love I love the privateers so much, and yeah. they've done a. Good, they've they're the ones too, where like they're always they are always wanting to talk. Yeah. They will always take a minute out for anybody. Yeah. So you yeah. want to get into this in any capacity, like make yeah. friends with the privateers. I've really
2: seen the you know when I do the LCQ race, like mm-hmm. these guys are just out there and they're just. I mean, money is like you know they, they'll do anything for two hundred bucks. Yeah. You know and, and like. <laughs> Yeah, you no, know, it's they love it and it's yeah. great, and they're all there's a little bit of friendship among all of them, yeah, for the most yeah. part, you know, and neither one of them is going to clean everybody else out too much, um, <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's great, yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's a real cool part of our sport to hear the stories of these guys behind the scenes. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Because you're just like, oh man. So do you uh do you want to go to all the races would you like if, oh, oh yeah if mx sports or racer x said tomorrow like hey you're going to all the races yeah yeah i I, yeah. I
3: think i would love that the thing that sucks is the content that i make now like having to get the handicap like the cheat sheets are difficult day of when i'm at the race because yeah. there's just so yeah. much going on if your wi-fi works um but like i d- the i think i'm better use at home because yeah. I can make the can I can make everything. my stuff yeah. better, but yeah. I want to go to every race. Like I want to have that, and that's yeah. my one thing. I think that I, I need more rapport yeah. with the higher t- like the higher tier guys because yeah. I just don't I don't get they don't they don't get to see me so right yeah I Lord don't helps. I don't expect them to know who I am when I want something later. Uh,
2: Roto Donnie Southers on the Fly Racing Southers right yeah yeah on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Thanks to the folks at Motorsport by the way, great company O E M and aftermarket parts dedicated team of gearheads there to help you out um and also like i said uh street bike stuff utv stuff dirt bike stuff they even got e-bikes motorsport.com go through the banner on pop to help us out really appreciate it great prices great return policy free shipping on everything over 79 bucks whether it's fly whether it's rental whether it's maxis they can help you out and thank you to folks at cobalinks as well lowering suspension link everything from aprilia to yamaha look you have a what do you got a Cowie? What 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 do you have? A
3: KLX 230.
2: Yeah, well, you can get a Coba Links. You can lower yeah. that thing. You're a
3: smaller guy. I I, I, it w- I wouldn't be a bad idea. Right. We we'll get yeah. a Coba
2: Links. Co- code Pulpamex to save free shipping. Based up there in uh, Boise, Idaho. Everything from uh, Prilia to Yamaha. Like I said, and uh, they'll help you out lowering suspension link. So get some more confidence. Uh, have some more uh, plushness in your suspension. Use the code Pulpamex at Coba Links to save. Um, but you know, not going to the races though, Donnie. It does sort of like not allow you to see the banter with Dark
3: and everyone else. Dark yeah. side, our yeah. buddy Dark side. Yeah, I miss out on a lot of it and I'm pretty sad about it. I mean, that's he's, yeah.
2: when he's at the races, it's great.
3: Yeah, and that's the other thing too is I, I wish more people got to see the media. It's, it's, it's a sideshow, it is its own Saturday Night Live episode in the media box every time.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, can you please <laughs> confirm that uh, I do not hold court up there?
3: It you do not, not. You do not. Hold I do court, not hold court. But I there. will say, it is interesting that where you choose to sit is where the re- is. Is, is the, the, <laughs> I, the 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 epicenter of? I mean, the, do you really think so? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay, but I, I don't do that on purpose. No, I'm just saying that where like, you where you maybe it's because you're there earlier than I don't know. But yeah. whatever it is, you, whenever you sit somewhere, it feels like everybody gravitates towards maybe, you. Maybe, maybe, so, but I, that's just because yeah.
2: I've been in these fucking races yeah. for so long yeah you know the good spots. I do I do is. know where the TVs are yeah. plus the good spot to watch the start and the whoops or whatever yeah. so uh no you're right we have a good time like I was just telling somebody the other day about the job in our sport and I'm like yeah they're like man you travel a lot and I'm like yeah like it sucks but I'm like I'm watching a dirt bike race all day long and making jokes with my buddies. Yeah. That's what I told him I do. Yeah. And it's not far off.
3: <laughs> no, it's it's one of the things that I don't think people understand is that my, my cousin was asking about, and he was like, oh, like, do you is, do you get to watch the races and enjoy them anymore? And I'm like, that's the one thing. There's not much I can do for that three hour. We're just watching. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so, like, yeah. we're in the press booth. We're, it's just like you're just watching the race with 20 of your friends. Yeah.
2: And making some probably jokes that would get us fired. Probably. Like, or whatever. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, we're just... Hanging out, and, yeah. and so like, is that such a bad job? No, no, it's not. no. Right. yeah.
3: So yeah, if I ever had the opportunity to go full time, go to all the races, absolutely, yeah, like, you would yeah, do it. I'd definitely missing yeah.
2: out. Yeah, that's interesting. You have a you have an interesting career going on here, and you're just getting started. And you know, you're you're. Uh, I don't know how much money you, I don't know how much I pay you, but uh, I don't know, <laughs> so I don't know how much money you're making. Like. Uh, total gross or whatever but like you're making a nice living doing yeah. c- talking about motor cars and Supercost like it could be a hell of a lot worse yeah yeah,
3: yeah. and and it definitely comes with its challenges because being you know full contract plus sponsorship plus you know youtube ad revenue all that stuff like yeah. none of it's guaranteed technically yeah. and that's yeah. definitely comes with its own levels of stress Dude, but... tell me about it.
2: i'm hustling too i'm yeah. the same way like yeah. you know, i mean i guess i got the racer x thing that's a paycheck every month but i still got to do stuff for that. yeah but other than yeah. that like you know from all my sponsors to everything else i got to invoice them and check on them yeah. and follow up on them and like, how's things going? And you know, like, yeah. but again, like it could be so much worse. Oh yeah. It could <laughs> be so much worse. So. I could be doing car stickers.
3: Yeah. I yeah. could be
2: digging ditches in East Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Or both. I could be doing car yeah. shows in East Texas. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know, but yeah, like, so I'm, I'm always just grateful to be here and you know, and I, and I, I encourage anybody that wants to get into it too like i've had people hit yeah. me up and be like how do i how did you do it and i'm like just f- find a way to yeah. make content that uh, isn't already being made
2: uh good that's a good point um be original i tell people that too like yeah be original have something bring something to the table yeah be funny be whatever uh you know yeah I, how did i meet anton he was at st louis every year just as a skinny kid helping out trans for yeah. like remote photos and you know what i mean that yeah. he was he was you Ten years ago. Yeah. You know, and I was like, he's always like, hey, man, like, you know, remember me from last year? I'm like, yeah, I guess. you yeah. know," But it was, but it was Anton. Like, yeah.
3: So, yeah. Um, yeah. And same with Kellen. Like, you know, he obviously built up his YouTube channel with the video game thing. Yeah. And then that transitioned here to get Lewis and I side. have a
2: theory that, that it's just a whole front for a drug operation. The S-YS. video game thing? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, exactly. Right. And you get in. But I always tell people, too, like. Like, again, you talk about waiting for Prado news or waiting for an injury news. It could be 7 o'clock Ohio time, and someone's going to call you and be like, hey, Donnie, can you whip up a video yeah. for this Forkner injury or Prado news? And you got to tell Paige, your chick, like, yeah. hey, hold on a second. got to do this video. It, so, like, the flip side is, it, is you're working.
3: Yeah, and, and that's the that's the, a good point you bring that up because, yeah, it, and, and you feel guilty. Like, I feel guilty leaving. And doing stuff for myself because I'm like, but what if, what if something happens? Yeah. What if that drops yeah. or whatever? Yeah. But, I mean, and it happens where, you know, you're never really off. Yeah. And we've done it before where we've been out to dinner or something, and then I'll check my phone, and then something big just happened. Yeah. And I'm like, like well, we're not going to pick up and leave this second, but I'm yeah. like, all right, got to slam this thing yeah. down. i got to get home and bang yeah. out a video ASAP.
2: Sometimes if I get some scoop on Twitter yeah. or something, I get a scoop on my phone for something, I'll be like, I could tweet this right now. But I'm probably gonna get a phone call from Davy or Weej, and it's seven, and I'm getting ready to go to dinner. I'll tweet it in the morning.
3: Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. I really
2: like I'll be like I'll drop this in the morning. Yeah, because I know like no one has it. Like whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I'll have it. I'll be like I'll just do it in the morning.
3: Yeah, that's fair. And
2: sometimes I'll forget.
3: Oh God. Yeah. You just leave that. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's just there just for was you. something.
2: Oh, Savachi to Triumph. Yeah. I knew that three weeks before. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> and then I I was gonna post it and I was out and I forgot and then. I was like, oh, yeah, Savachi's two in triumph. And I
3: think I was the first guy to put it out there. Yeah.
2: But it was three weeks after. (laughs) found
3: out so God. you got to think about these things yeah so yeah and, and it's difficult to right. balance that and then even that of being like you know because yeah. um, like with o'neill i need to make a video a week for them that's yeah. our deal yeah and sometimes being like like i was waiting for the prado yeah i was like oh that'll be my fourth one yeah. for the month and then it just kept going and i'm like uh. i'm gonna have to figure something else yeah. out and there's no news you, you sound
2: like me with the privateer pod where i'm like
3: Shh, i gotta do a privateer pod yeah uh,
2: hey uh hey ray what are you doing yeah
3: yeah, yeah. and you're just like all right i got an audible and yeah. then of course in the prado news dropped on the first which yeah. is the next month and yeah. i'm like all ah. yeah. right right but... um
2: so you're having fun you're enjoying yeah, oh yeah. this yeah, yeah. You're, you're enjoying this ride yeah oh good yeah. man uh yeah you do a really good job so keep it up thank you uh don't get pulp in too much trouble with too much hot takes i but... will
3: do my best to please the stew <laughs> right yes, yeah exactly <laughs> uh
2: but yeah donnie southers fly racing raceworks podcast good job again congrats on all the work and uh yeah man uh, 2024 is coming up so uh we're both gonna be really busy here shortly yeah
3: so. for sure appreciate you all right
0: This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on racerxonline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.